Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast brought to you by the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, uh, joined as always by the brilliant Mr. Vittorio Campanile. He's got a massive smile on his face <laughs> after the uh, Derby della Capitale. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. I'm fine, honestly. Yeah, didn't expect that, that win, but I'll take it every day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, first of all, I have to apologize that there was no episode last week. My wife gave birth. Um, so it is all my fault. It was a crazy week and uh, we just never got around to recording it. So I do apologize. But we are back now and uh, we've got a great weekend of Serie A action to reflect on. Uh, seen as we've got Vittorio, seen as he's got a massive smile on his face, it would be wrong of me to start with any other game I have to start with the Derby della Capitale, Lazio 3, Roma 2. Uh, Vittorio, before we went on air, you told me that you didn't expect Lazio to win. So tell us a little bit about how the game went and, and give us some of your thoughts on it. Well, one thing that we have to say is that this season, Lazio's making every single match a mistake in defence. And on the other side, we were seeing Roma playing very well when attacking. So, you know, one plus one is two. So I expected Roma to win thanks to a mistake or a couple of mistakes of Lazio defence. And instead, it didn't happen. Uh, Lazio played very well, probably the best match of the season. Uh, while on the other side, Roma created very little chances. If you take off corner kicks and Zaniolo, or the other, Abraham, who was playing so well and was praised uh, the day before, all week long, etc., didn't show up for the derby. And uh, so, you know, Lazio deserved the win. Uh, Mourinho, as usual, put and blame the ref for that. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But yes, Lazio probably played uh, the best match of the season in the right match, I would say. The derby is so important here in Rome. Plus, the, the, the table situation wasn't great for Lazio. They needed to win to keep in contact with the Champions League position. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> surprised but happy to, be, to see Lazio winning in the derby. For sure. You say the derby is really, really important in Rome. Of course, a lot of our listeners will be based in the UK. How long can a manager dine out on a derby victory? How long does that kind of give them in terms of goodwill with the fan base? Well, it depends. You know, when, when 10, 15 years ago, the derby in Rome started two months before the match and ended two months later. So, you know, it, now it's a little bit different. There's a European competition. Um you tend to forget, but definitely winning the derby gives you at least one month or two of, you know, uh, thankfulness from the fans. So uh, definitely that, that helps you. And on the other side, if you lose it, you know, you, you get in trouble. You get, even if you're top of the table, losing the derby, it's tough. It's hard on you. So 
uh, it can be very positive, it can be very hard. At the same time, though, winning the derby uh, can even create problems because maybe you think, okay, we've done our job, now it's over. No, it's still September. <laughs> Season is yeah. just started. So you need to carry on on that. Milenkovic Savic opened the scoring for Lazio. He really put his body on the line. He took a massive whack, didn't he, from Rui Patricio uh, when he got his head on the end of that. But it was Pedro who doubled Lazio's lead. Now, Pedro, interestingly, had scored Roma's most recent goal in the derby. It was almost written in the stars, wasn't it, Vittorio, that Pedro was going to pop up and, and have something to Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, first thing, I was really concerned about Milenkovic Savic because... Uh, the hit was quite hard. Uh, Rui Patrizio got a yellow card. Obviously, Miniko Savic scored, but Miniko Savic, one of the best players of Lazio, losing him after 10 minutes would be a big problem for, for the team. So seeing him recovering was a massive uh, bonus for Lazio. Uh, Pedro, what can we say? Uh, just the third player to score for both teams in the derby from Roma and Lazio. Um, great performance for Pedro, as you said. Everybody saw it coming, you know. In the the moment he switched from Roma to Lazio, and this is a very rare thing. It didn't happen in the last 30 years or so. Uh, everybody thought, well, he's going to score in the derby. Again, he played an unbelievable match, and this was the first time he played all 90 minutes. Um, great performance. And we're talking about the players that it's incredible, usually scores in the finals. And watching the derby, you can understand why. He was... So relaxed, so calm in a derby. Uh, it's not very easy. If you saw, see all the other players, you can see that they felt the importance of the match. He was like playing, playing a friendly match. And uh, yeah, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. What did you make of Chiro Immobile's performance? Because it felt like he was very involved. And, and in everything that Lazio did well, he was at the center of it. But obviously he didn't get his goal and he probably had a couple of opportunities where he, he should have found the back of the net. Uh, he gets a lot of criticism, doesn't he, sometimes from people outside of Lazio. And sometimes that's a bit unfair, isn't it? Yes, definitely unfair. Uh, a lot of newspaper voting men of the match. He made two very smart assists. If you're number nine and you're in front of the goalkeeper, Nine times out of ten, you shoot. Instead, he passed the ball to Felipe Anderson, who was free. He passed the ball to Pedro, who was free, and they both scored. So he made two assists. He didn't score. And you're right. He missed a couple of good chances, especially in the half, first half. He had a good chance. He, he he missed that. But obviously, he made two assists, and that was the most important thing. Um, in the build-up of the match, there were a lot of newspapers talking about Abraham against Chile Mobile. Well, Chiro Mobile won this this match easily. Abraham didn't show up. Uh, Chiro Mobile didn't score, but made two assists. So, you know, it, it's important for a player to uh, be important even when he's not scoring. So, definitely Chiro played well. And that's one of the reasons why Lazio won uh, Sunday. Yeah, for sure. You make a great point. Unselfish. It's probably the word I'd use to describe Chiro Mobile's actions inside the penalty area uh, at the weekend because, as you say, two really, really uh, nice assists. Um, moving on, uh, there was a penalty given to Roma in the second half, which kind of gave them... Well, obviously, they'd been given the lifeline coming back to 3-1, but it made it 3-2. It was Jordan Veritu who who converted from the penalty spot. Was that a pen on Zaniolo? Because I'm not so sure. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. Uh, I was surprised that VAR confirmed it. 
But yeah, that was a very soft, soft penalty. We have to say something. Zaniolo was definitely the best man of Roma at the Derby. He played really, really well. In fact, when he came out because he got injured, the match pretty much was over. Roma didn't create any other chance. Zaniolo created, had the penalty. He uh, created at least other three, four chances in the second half. Uh, he was definitely the best man on the pitch for Roma. Um, and this is a good news for Italy as well, because, you know, Zaniolo missed the Euros because he was recovering from an injury. I think this was probably his best match this season. And that's definitely very important for the national team and for Roma, because your friend Mikitarian didn't show up on the derby. He was pretty much invisible, just like Abraham. Uh, Esharawi as well didn't do much. And the only player from Roma creating chances was Zaniolo. And obviously, Roberto Mancini should be quite happy about that because I think he's coming back to the national team if he keeps playing like that. But yeah, Mourinho, as usual, I would say, when he loses, blame the referee. I would have been more concerned on the performance of this team because, as I said, apart from Zaniolo, the other top players didn't show up. And, you know, this was probably the, the most important match of the season so far for Ro Roma. And if you take off this dodgy penalty, Roma didn't have that many chances uh, uh, in this match. So th that would be more concerning than the ref. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's, it's a classic Mourinho yeah. uh, tactic, isn't it? To deflect away from what went wrong with his team and kind of put the emphasis on the referee or, or try and shine the spotlight on them. Um, a lot of people kind of went overboard off the back of the Mourinho appointment, I feel anyway. There were people talking about Roma potentially winning the Scudetto. They've lost mm. two games already. And yep. I guess for me, this is kind of proof, isn't it, that although Mourinho's coming and although there's a big sort of frenzy around him, actually this Roma side in the last few weeks, we've started to see uh, just not quite at that level. Would you agree with that? Well, I think it's a very physical team. They have... Physical player like Zaniolo, uh, Abraham, obviously. But I think the lack of quality, especially in the midfield. Now, the, the, the good thing of Mourinho is he's very good in motivating teams. And you can see Roma won all the matches apart from Verona and Lazio. So this is a very good start, I would say, for this team. The problem with Mourinho is, I think, from the tactical point of view, he's not the number one anymore. He's a very good motivator, but, you know, uh, I think Sarri won the, won, the, won the match against Mourinho. And the fact that now he blamed the referee, a lot of Roma fans went on with that. And a lot of Roma fans are convinced that without the referee, uh, Roma would have won the derby. <laughs> if, if you go and watch the match, you understand that uh, Lazio played better. And this long term can be a problem because if you don't, um, solve the problems, they will come back again. Said this, I mean, Roma is fighting for a Champions League position and I think they still have a chance to do it. This year is going to be quite complicated because Napoli is a very good team, Inter is a very good team, Roma is a very good team. So you're basically fighting for one spot and you have Fiorentina, Atalanta, Lazio, Roma. So three teams will be out of the Champions League who probably should deserving to be there. So it's going to be a great fight. Let's see if Mourinho has still the power to make it. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure either. And I think, you know, you see a couple of defeats, you see the referee starting to be blamed. Yeah. And it feels like 
after that initial uplift, we're going to eventually end up back where we always end up with Jose Mourinho nowadays. And that is in a place where it's going to be some discontent. Um, just finally on this game, on Lazio, uh, it's been a bit of a mixed start to the season for Maurizio Sarri. Six games played in the Serie A, three wins, two draws and a defeat. Um, at this point, six games in, how are you feeling about Sarri? Are you confident that he will get it right and that Lazio can compete for the Champions League places? Well, the problem with Sarri is that the first year, all his team have struggled. It takes time to adapt to Sarri ball. And I think at the same time, it takes time to Sarri to adapt to, adapt the, to the team. He said this team has the skill set to play Sarri ball, but obviously people keep comparing to Sarri's Napoli. This is not the same team. There is not Cayon, there is not Mertens, there is not Insigne. They are different players. So you have to adapt to this type of football. The first two months, it's very difficult for the teams. So I saw a lot of improvements in the derby. But as Sari said, you know, this is the probably the most important match for Lazio. So it's easier to be focused on this match. We have to see in the coming matches. But definitely the arrow is pointing up. Now, will it be enough to reach the fourth spot? Well, after seeing Inter-Atalanta, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure. But, you know, it's a long-term project. I think maybe next year Lazio could be competing for the top position. Maybe not this year, but definitely in the coming years, this can be where Lazio can fight for. Good stuff. Uh, moving on to that game you mentioned between Inter and Atalanta. What a cracking match that was. Wow. It was... <laughs> One of the most enjoyable games of football I've watched in a long, long time. And at the, I think at the same time, it was Liverpool versus Brentford in the yeah. Premier League, which was also a cracking game. So it must have been something about the time <laughs> slot on the, uh, on the weekend. But really entertaining encounter, as I've said. Um, Inter took the lead through Lautaro Martinez. I mean, what a, what a stunning volley Oof. that was. And the, the cross from Barella was, was top class. Uh, Ruslan Malinovsky... Uh, he leveled things with a stunning effort from long range. Atalanta then took the lead before Inter uh, leveled through Edin Dzeko. However, Inter had an opportunity to take all three points. Uh, DeMarco missing from the penalty spot. What have you made of, first of all, should we read too much into this this individual game? Because it was so crazy. Is it just a case of two attacking sides uh, kind of going toe-to-toe and and maybe we shouldn't read into it too much moving forward. Well, all, all the time Inzaghi plays against Gasperini, it's an entertaining match. We see a lot of goals. We see a lot of excitement, a lot of great chances. So this is just another chapter of this uh, of this rivalry. And uh, it was very entertaining. It was even good because Gasperini said in the press conference before the match, Gasperini is the Atalanta manager, if you don't know it, said, well, you know, I think this year uh, Inter, Milan and Napoli are a level above us, so we have to fight for the last pot of the Champions League. But he showed that Atalanta can play at the same level with Inter. Inter started well, the first 20 minutes Inter dominated, and then Atalanta came out, and I thought, end of the first half, beginning of the second, Atalanta dominated and should and deserved to go ahead. Then Inter came back. Because I think this Inter has a lot of quality. You talk about Lautaro Martinez, Barella, but even Zego is playing much better than last year. They have so many quality players. Uh, so it was an exciting match against two very offensive-minded teams that played really, really well. 
I was a little bit surprised to see DiMarco going on a penalty, taking that penalty. Uh, didn't expect that. He missed it. And after that, Atalanta scored. And so Atalanta could, could win that match. But then VR said that the ball was out. So it was corner kick for Atalanta. That was simply unbelievable. You can see Gasperini a little bit concerned about that. But definitely the second half was so exciting. We have to say something. Andanovic is struggling massively this year. The second goal for me was a mistake from Andanovic. And this wasn't the first time. We already said it in the spot. Andanovic is really struggling. This can be a problem for Inter going forward. But on the other side, we have to say that Atalanta wasn't playing well. Gasperini said it. We are not playing great football at the moment. But against Inter, they definitely show up and they definitely played much, much better. And, um, you know, this can be the beginning of the season for Atalanta. So watch out because this team, it has talent. So it was an exciting match. If I was an Atalanta fan or Inter fan, I don't know if I would have made it to the 95 minute. Because, <laughs> you know, emotion, emotion match. But yeah, for a fan, it was, for a football lover, it was exciting to see. And I think Atalanta at the moment is favored for the fourth spot in the Serie A. Yeah, and we, we've talked about them, haven't we, season after season, about them being a side that really have no right to be where they are. They're, they're really punching above their weight and they're doing fantastically well. It's been a bit of a difficult start to the season for Atalanta. But even yeah. when you look at the table as it stands now, they're in seventh place. And when you look at the fact that you'd probably say Lazio, Roma, Inter, Milan, Napoli, Juve, just to name a few, are, are bigger clubs than Atalanta. Actually, seventh sounds about right. But the fact we're talking about them potentially challenging for that fourth Champions League spot just tells you how good a job Gasparini's done in recent seasons. And as you say, hopefully this will be the start of them really pushing Yeah, and, and we're still in September. So watching the table doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Especially for a team like Atalanta that played really well on Saturday so, and was struggling before. So, you know, you should think, wow, Atalanta is seventh, even though they're playing badly. And now that they're picking up, where can they go? They can reach the second position, the third position. I don't know. So, you know, watching the table now couldn't be the right moment. Atalanta, if Atalanta are playing like they did Saturday, well, they can definitely fight for the Scudetto as well. Same thing, you know, if Lazio are playing like they did Sunday, uh, that should be the same consideration. On the other side, um, Roma is fourth, but if they play like they did in the Derby, will they stay there? I'm not sure. So, you know, the table now at the moment, it's always important, but it's better to watch it in January, February, etc. Now, the most important thing is how they're playing and Atalanta is playing great football again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just finally on Inter Vittorio, Simone Inzaghi, obviously a coach, you know, incredibly well. Coach Lazio did a really, really good job there. What have you seen from Simone Inzaghi's Inter that maybe differs from Antonio Conte's Inter, apart from the players that they've lost? Well, it's a very similar type of football. They both play 3-5-2, but obviously having different players, the style is a little bit different. Um, we are seeing, well, Lukaku is not there anymore. Zeko is more like a number 10 than a number 9. And Lautaro Martinez is playing like the striker, and he's scoring a lot of goals, more than in the past. So that's one of the biggest difference. Uh, Barella is stepping up. I think this is credit to Simon Inzaghi. So, you know, you can see some difference. On the other side, 
Inzaghi's football um, allows the other team to have more chances than with, uh, with Antonio Conte. And you can see Inter conceding more goals. But, you know, uh, I always rate Simone Inzaghi a great manager. And even in another team, he's proving that. And I think Inter and Napoli are favorite for the Scudetto, even though Inter lost a lot of key players. So credit to Simone Inzaghi. Uh, I think he will improve because this is just the first month he's with this team. So I think when he gained confidence, when he will learn more about the players, he will improve and do better. Now, the question mark is, how will Champions League affect this team? Because obviously, Champions League will take energy mentally and physically out of this team. So that's the question mark we have on Inter, I think. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, moving on to Juventus, who registered their first home win of the season. Crazy to think yeah. uh, that we're at the end of September and Juventus hadn't won at home yet. Uh, it was a 3-2 win over Sampdoria. They made it difficult for themselves in the end, didn't they? But th they created so many chances, Vittorio. Are we just seeing that cutting edge missing from this Juve side in the final third? Because let's be honest, they could have been well away from Sampdoria by the time uh, Sampdoria pulled a couple of goals back. So it will be a relief for Juventus, but they're still not firing, firing on all cylinders, are they? Yes. In the first half, with Dybala and Morata on the pitch, Juventus created a lot of chances. And we said that Dybala is, with Chiesa, probably the most uh, quality player they have. And when Dybala got up injured, you can see it. The, the talent of this team dropped massively. And Sampdoria came out, created chances, scored, and nearly equalized the match. So this is the biggest problem of, of Juventus. Lack of quality. Uh, with Dybala in, they had so many chances. And in the first half, we finally saw the Juventus that everybody was hoping to see all season long. Um, again, there's not a lot of quality there. And uh, I think Chiesa and Dybala are too important for this team. And unfortunately, they are injury-prone players. You know, Dybala is out. We don't know when he's going to be back. He's going to miss the Champions League. So, you know, this is a huge problem from Allegri. Um, this could have been an easy match, an easy win for, for Juventus. And instead, it become difficult again. So, you can see that they are having a lot of problems. They, are, they, they were hoping that Allegri came back and suddenly they were back two, three years ago, which is not happening because the players are not there anymore. So, it was important to win, as you said, the first win... Uh, at home, it was really important. But you can see that, yes, they got the three points, but Atalanta is playing better, Inter is playing better, Milan is playing better. A lot of teams are playing much better than this Juventus team. Can they get to the Champions League? This is the question mark. Not fighting for the Scudetto, fighting for the Champions League. Mm, not if they play like that. Definitely not. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, moving on to Milan, who obviously continued... Uh, their good form with a 2-1 win at Spezia. Now, we talked a lot about Milan last season and how they were punching above their weight for the majority of the campaign. They led the Serie A for a long period of time, but we kept saying, didn't we, that, OK, you know, this is great and they'll be hoping that they can go on and win the Scudetto. But equally, if Milan were to just finish in the top four, it would be an achievement. Has, has given what they achieved last season, has the level of expectation gone up a bit under uh, Stefano Pioli? And, and do you think that Milan are serious contenders for the title now? Well, yes. I think the best team so far has been Inter, Napoli and Milan. And Milan has been 
a surprise for me, but for a lot of people, they're playing well. I didn't expect Pioli to be able to manage this team. He's proving everybody wrong. Uh, Ibrahimovic is not playing. They find other ways to score. They didn't play great football against Spezia. They, they struggle, uh, but they find a way to win. And, you know, good teams, big teams, find a way to win. And they did. Uh, Maldini score. So this is was obviously the title of the match. Maybe Milan didn't play that well. And obviously, I think, considering Inter-Napoli, they are the team that has less quality, especially considering they're playing in the Champions League. You can see that the Champions League is taking out energy out of them. But still, they're there. They're there. They're fighting for the Scudetto. Um, I think Napoli and Inter are better. But Milan proved everybody wrong. And I think that they're going to find a way to fight for the top position even this year. And if you ask me now, I, I would say that Milan will definitely be in the top four at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, I really like the look of them. And, and I've always said it. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Milan. I can't tell you why. I just do. Uh, so fingers crossed uh, they do continue their fine form. You also mentioned Napoli earlier and you mentioned them as, as title, one of your title favourites. Uh, they maintained their 100% record uh, with a win at the weekend over Cagliari. Um, how... You know, you say that they're one of your title favourites or one of the teams that you feel can compete. And we've said this a while, haven't we, about Napoli squad being very strong, but not necessarily them having the manager in place. Are you convinced that Spalletti is that man? I think he can be. Now, the question is, he's definitely an upgrade for me compared to Gattuso. But you also have to say that Spalletti had huge chances with Roma in the past and Inter and didn't win. So this maybe is the question mark. And... In the past years, Napoli could have won the Scudetto, but find ways to ruin everything. So this is the biggest question mark. The thing is, they beat, they won again against Cagliari and they dominated the match. They deserve to win. It's not like AC Milan against Spezia that find a way to win. They could have won 3-0, 4-0, probably. So this is a team that's not only winning, it's playing great football. So this is the most important thing so far. It's true that at the moment Napoli played only against Juventus and everybody seeing Juventus, they're playing badly and Napoli played against Juventus without Ibala, without a lot of quality players and you can see it and still they won only because Juventus made two stupid mistakes and Napoli scored with those two stupid mistakes. So it's early to say if Napoli is the favourite we will see it after playing against top teams, but definitely they're playing. I don't know if the best football, but they're playing really, really well. Osimhen is scoring uh, mm. like he did at the beginning of that last season. Then he stopped, he got injured, and when he came back, he struggled. But this year, he's playing really well. I think Spalletti, it's a big advantage. So, honestly, at the moment, I will put it in the top three position again. We have to see them against big team before making the right evaluation of this team. But I think Napoli has a huge chance this year. And let's not forget that uh, Inter and Milan are playing the Champions League. Napoli is playing in the Europe League. So if mm. Spalletti decide to um, not try to win the Europe League, they have a huge chance. They have a big advantage compared to Inter and Milan. It's not good to say, it's not nice to say that Napoli should 
you know, uh, don't play the Europe League, get out immediately. It's not very good. But I think if they do that, they have a huge chance of winning the Scudetto. Absolutely. And and you mentioned, you know, the, the fact that they're, they're, they're dominating games as well. And, and, and I talked about them having a 100% record. And perhaps what's even more impressive than that is they've scored 16 goals yeah. in those six games, but they've conceded just two. So they're efficient at both ends of the pitch. And I watched... Um, I've watched a lot of Ossiemen recently and I, I think he's a real handful of a striker. And if they can keep him fit and firing, then I think, you know, they stand a great chance. I think you're absolutely right. Um, just one final thing I wanted to touch on, Vittorio, before we wrap up the show. I wanted to touch on Fiorentina because we've talked a little bit about them this season already and about how we expect improvement. And they got over the line again this weekend uh, with another victory. Uh, this, time, uh, this time it was a 1-0 win at Udinese. Now, they are looking a far better outfit, aren't they, um, at the moment? They're in fifth place. What's the kind of ceiling for Fiorentina this season? How, how well do you think they can do? What should be their objective at this point, looking at how things have gone so far? Well, they, they have a massive upgrade compared to last year. Italiano is a very interesting manager, a rising up manager, so keep an eye on him. Um, I, I was believing that some that Fiorentina sorry could really do well this season. In the last couple of matches, they didn't convince me 100%. Even in the last match, they struggled. And in the second half, they pretty much put the bus in front of the goal. So I have some question mark there. I don't think they're going to be able to fight for the Champions League, but definitely Europe League has to be their goal. Now, the, question, the problem is that, as we said at the beginning, there are only four spots for the Champions League. And there are like seven teams fighting for that position. So the, the three teams that won't make it for the Champions League, they'll probably finish in the Europe League. So Fiorentina will have to fight to get there. Um, they have some quality players, but I'm not sure they have the right experience to make it. I mean, sometimes young teams play very good football and then the match, match afterwards, they play badly. So this could cost the, the, the European position for, for Fiorentina, but... It's an interesting team. Vlaovic is a great player. But, you know, in the last couple of matches, I saw some flaws. I saw some mistakes that I wasn't expecting to see. So I'm not 100% convinced. And again, we have to see them against big team before we make the final judgment. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. But it's definitely one uh, I'll be keeping an eye on over the course of this season. Yep. Um, Vittorio, thank you so much, mate, uh, for joining me. As always, fantastic show. Great to get your insight um, and great to uh, talk to you off the back of Lazio's impressive <laughs> derby win as well. Uh, let our listeners know how they can find you on social media and keep up with the great content that you do. Well, you can follow me on Lazio Lounge, on Twitter, on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, it's a podcast dedicated to Lazio. So if you're interested in Lazio, you know where to find me. Make sure you head over there and check it out. Make sure you subscribe to Simply Seria. If you haven't done so already, make sure you leave us a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it really, really does help. Follow us on Twitter at Simply Seria 2 And we'll be back next week with another show. Until then, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe. Ciao.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.